everybody. How are you today? How are you? Good? Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, we're having a little technical difficulty right off the bat, but that's okay because God is still here with us and he loves us and we're here to worship him no matter what. So would you stand with me, please, as we worship today and the music is ready to go. God is good. Here we are.
your friend that's next to you, behind you, in front of you. Just say hello this morning. Maybe someone that you don't know. <laughs> say hello and greet each other here today because we are glad to have you with us at Crossroads today for sure. worship with us today because God through every battle and through every heartache is there to help us through. He walks this journey with us each and every day.
straight through scripture. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit.
Amen. You may have a seat. Good morning. We're glad that you're all here. Glad that you're joining us online. Hey, church, I want to remind us why we're here. We're here because of Jesus Christ. And we're here because the mission of this church is pursuing Jesus Christ. Our mission here at Crossroads is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. From the little kids to the students to the adults, we are all on one mission to keep following after Jesus Christ. And so I just want to remind us that our mission here is to do that. I want to welcome all of our guests, all of our guests. We're glad that you're here. It's an honor that you're here. Please stop by the Welcome Center before you leave. Um, It would be our honor to meet you, and we have a gift for you, so please stop by the Welcome Center. If you're online and you're joining us for the first time, we're thrilled, and so please let us know. We'd love to connect with you online. Uh, In your bulletin, there's there's all kinds of different things that are coming up, guys, but I'm going to let you know just a few things uh, that are coming up here in our church calendar. One is that uh, we're having our mother-daughter spa day today. It's going to be at 1230 over in the gym uh, right after the second service. And then as well, we're after the second service over in room 207 is going to be our informational meeting uh, for the car cruise. So join Ray Beckinger and uh, Pastor Al over there and you can uh, find out how to be a part of the team uh, that serves every Tuesday with the car cruise and they do an awesome job. So more information you can check uh, them out at that meeting at 1215 over in room 207. And then next weekend is Mother's Day. So we're going to be celebrating our moms. And so that's going to be uh, on uh, May 14th, so next Sunday. So listen, uh, I'll encourage you, bring mom. We want to celebrate her. Moms, we want to celebrate you. So that's going to be uh, next weekend. And then also we're going to be uh, having a baby dedication. So if you would like to dedicate your baby, uh, you can go online and you can uh, sign up and we will... Uh, We will pray for you on stage. We're going to see these families on stage next weekend as we lift up uh, their families before the Lord as they dedicate uh, their babies. And so that's going to be next weekend. So if you would like to dedicate your baby, please go online. You can uh, fill out a form and send us that beautiful picture of your child. And we'll, we'll make sure that next weekend is a really powerful weekend. Guys, we're going to celebrate our moms. We're going to dedicate these babies into the Lord. So that's going to be next weekend. And then on the 21st, uh, we're going to be honoring our grads. And so in your bulletin, uh, it's the same information. It's on the screen, too. But if you go to our website or you can scan that QR code and it will take you to that page on the website where you can upload a picture of your grad, uh, whether it being high school or college uh, or grad school. Uh, And so we're going to honor those grads on the 21st. And so send us a picture, a short bio, and we're going to line them up on stage and we're going to pray for them as their church. Uh, because one of the most powerful things to have is when you go away to know that there's a family back home praying for you uh, in this next uh, stage and chapter in life. So that's going to be on the 21st. So please send us those grad photos and the bios, and then we're going to celebrate them on the 21st. Church, would you stand with me as we continue on this morning? Continuing our But God series. This has been one of my favorites. It's been so fun every week. God's has been teaching me something new every weekend. I know he's been teaching you. And as we're growing in Christ, he's doing a powerful work in our lives, helping us follow him. And one of those ways is giving. And I want to say thank you for being faithful and giving as we worship the Lord uh, with our finances. You can give online through the mail or using the boxes here in the church. God has been just changing us, guys, and it's exciting to be on this journey together. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for allowing us to to just come into your presence, to acknowledge, God, that we're trying to do a lot in this life. And uh, to try to do it without you is um, is a huge, it's a huge mistake because, God, we're, we're trying to do things by our own hands. And 
uh, God, even uh, trying to do a few things by my own hands yesterday, I'm feeling a little sore. And so I think that's how many of us might feel in life is we're trying to do a lot and we're getting really sore. We're getting really worn out. And so this morning, God, I pray that we would just bring the soreness and the worn outness of this life and we would lay it at your cross. God, because trying to do life by ourselves is tough and we need you, Jesus. God, there's at the end of the day, our hands are no longer going to be able to work. And we're no longer going to be able to do something in this life. And so we will come to the end of ourselves. Lord, I pray this morning that we would come to the end of ourselves and we would recognize our need for you, Jesus. Need for truth. Need for purpose. Need for healing. Need for life. Only found in Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and for giving us your son, Jesus. In his powerful name we all pray. Amen.
great singing this morning. Please have a seat as we continue with Ken this morning. Aren't you glad to be here this morning? Yeah, let's thank our great God. What a great God we serve, folks. You know, I could have been running the Pittsburgh Marathon today, but I chose to be here with you. Actually, you know I couldn't have run that. That would be wonderful. One of these days, I'll tell you, one of these days, Roger will be chasing me down there. I know that. So It'll be good. God is good. Anyhow, I know we've got a few people out running that marathon, and our city's got a big... Big, uh, big spotlight on it today down there. So we're thankful for all that God's doing. As we've been jumping into this But God series, I, I've been having fun just as we're studying the scripture and just seeing that, you know, life does happen, but God happens even more. God happens to step in and change your life. And those moments that you least expect it, God is still there and he's still working. And so I hope that uh, as we study the scripture, you keep seeing this over and over, who he is. Today we're going to go into a passage in Exodus chapter 13. We're going to begin in verse 17. And I'm going to show you a but God statement. Um, last week we jumped all the way back to Noah. Now I'm kind of coming forward here. We, we, two weeks ago we had talked about Joseph. And then after, after Joseph goes and uh, you know, he, he brings his family over, Joseph ends up dying there at the end of uh, Genesis chapter 50. You go into Exodus and what you see is you see that those descendants of Joseph... Joseph's family, his brothers, right, all those brothers and their families, they end up multiplying and they become a a, a nation within a nation, if you will. They become the slaves of the nation of Egypt. They had settled in in Goshen where Joseph had given them this wonderful plush place to live. And so as they settled into Goshen uh, through the years, what happens is Egypt now takes them on as slaves. And so you have a 400-year history of this slave nation within a nation. And, um, and then God calls a, a, a man by the name of Moses, and we don't have time to go through the entire story of Moses, but he takes Moses and he says, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to let my people go. So he does, and uh, as you know, the story he goes through, and there's ten different plagues, and he goes back and forth whether he will let them go until the very last one where it was the, the Passover. And they put the blood over the doorpost of the, of the Israeli families, and then the death angel came and passed over every house that had the blood on the doorpost. 
foreshadowing to us our Savior, Jesus Christ, who would be the Lamb of God. And then, uh, then, then he begins to take off, and you know, Pharaoh says, just basically get out of here. You've caused enough pain. And so Pharaoh was known to go back and forth. And so Moses gets the people prepared, says, let's get out of here. There's no time to wait. We've got to roll. Exodus chapter 13, beginning in verse 17, is where we're picking up today. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. Although that was near, although that was much closer. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God, now here's our but God statement. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the sea, toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night uh, did not depart from before the people. And so we see here God has a plan, and his plan will often take us into unexpected routes. God leads us here. He says, but God, verse 18 there says, but God led the people. And so the first point in your notes this morning is that God will often lead us into unexpected routes. God often will take you into places that you say, man, I just didn't think I would end up here. I didn't think life would happen this way. I didn't think I would be pushed up against this particular situation. This is not how I planned it. This, as a matter of fact, it makes more sense to go a different route. And so he did not lead them by way of the Philistines. Uh, the, the route going to the Philistines, if you were to take it on the map, you would see that it was a much quicker journey to where God wanted to take them. But God knew that this was not the place for them to go at that particular moment. You see, every twist and turn for the nation of Israel, God had a plan. And God was moving and he was working and he knew, he knew exactly what was going on. There was no possibility that they misread the map out here in the wilderness. They're following a cloud. Now, could you imagine having a, a pillar of cloud that comes down and, and you're following this cloud and at night it turns into fire? Like, could you imagine if that were on this church? What the community would say? Ooh, I think I'm going to check that church out on Sunday up there, right? Is there a tornado of fire, if you will? And as they look at the fire that comes, uh, that's coming down at night to light their way, the cloud to lead them by day and by night, Listen, God was with them. His presence was upon them. And he wasn't just saying, hey, Moses, you've got to do this by yourself. Moses had the power of God upon him. And he had the presence of God. He had the pillar right there. He had the pillar of smoke. He had the fire by night. And there was no possibility of misreading the map. Uh, you know what? Uh, whenever you're following a GPS, don't you just love the GPS of modern day world, you know? I love this. I put my phone into my car, I plug it in, and it comes up on that little screen. And I say, I'm going to Pittsburgh, I'm going to make a visit to one of the hospitals, right? And it knows exactly uh, 
the time of day that I'm going, it knows what's happening around, and it takes me the best, quickest route. I, being a Pittsburgher all my life, know all the roads of Pittsburgh. I know the best route that I should always take. Google somehow thinks they know a little bit more than me. Oh, they do. It's neat whenever they tell you there's a speed trap. Not that anybody would ever have to slow me down out there. But it's neat when it tells you that. It's neat when it tells you that there's a detour. You see, this is what God was doing. God was like, I am guiding you. And even though you might think it would have been quicker just to bypass this sea and to go over this direction. You see, we are, we are here. We are never out of God's hands. And this is what was happening. They were looking at a dangerous situation, but they were never out of God's hands. And folks, we have the same thing in our life today. You know, there's many times that you're looking at your life and you're saying, wow, there's, a, there's just a lot of bad things that are happening. There's a lot of situation that is incredible today. Uh, many of us are distraught by the world around us, by the situation around us. Let me tell you, God is leading us. You're the people of God. God has you. He has you, and he's leading you. He's taking you every step of the way. And as he is leading you and he is guiding you, fear not what's going on out there. Because God is here with us, and he's taken us, and that pillar of cloud is taking us, the Spirit of God. Over in Proverbs, you would find the verse that says that the steps of the righteous person are ordered of the Lord. That's the assurance that we have from God. Man, listen, God has got the path. He's got it figured out. Even more assuring, Isaiah 46, verse 10. God himself says this. He says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. God knows the begin- at the very, from the beginning, he already knows the end. And so you can have this confident assurance. And this is what was happening here in, uh, for Israel. They were going by the, the assurance of who God is. But, but, you know, sometimes you get a little bit afraid out there. And we're going to see that here in just a few moments. We find ourselves that we, we understand the providence of God. We understand that he is still working. But, man, sometimes we get distracted by the things that we're looking at. We get distracted by the things that we see. Sometimes what we see can distract us from what we really, really know. Wherever we find ourselves, we are there by his providence. Whatever we face, it's a part of God's plan, and he knows the beginning from the end. Continuing on here, well, I'm just going to read again verse 17. Uh, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines. Although that was near, for God said, lest the people change their minds and they see war, they will return to Egypt. But God led the people. God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. I want you to think about that. He's taking them to a dead-end situation. God's going to do something here. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. The northern route, you see, was guarded by the Egyptian guard. And if they would have went along the, the, the northern route, there would have been Egyptian border fortification. And so as they went out, Pharaoh could easily change his mind, and, and there would have been a much, more, much greater resistance, not to mention the Philistines. Later on, you read about the Philistines, David and Goliath, right? 
Goliath was one of the Philistines, the, the nine-foot-tall giant that he, would have to, that he would have to take down with a slingshot, right? So this, was, this would be a battle. And so here's what happened here. These people, while the Scripture says here that they were equipped for battle, I like what one commentator says. John Hanna says this. He states that this verse doesn't mean that they were well-armed. It means that they were well-organized for march rather than equipped for, with armor, bow or arrows for warfare either way these newly released slaves were not ready to go into war like they'd never fought a battle before and god wasn't going to take them into one of the toughest battles that they could possibly face now you're looking here and god's taking them and if you follow it on the map he's taking them the long way this could have been a very quick journey for them. Cut through the, the area of the Philistine. You have to fight a battle. But the battle of the Philistines could have been one of the hardest battles that they would have had to face. Whether or not they had the armor, the bow and arrow, the actual things to actually take the people down, we don't know. But we know that God in his divine providence said, I'm going to take them down by the sea. So God intentionally avoided that route. And he chose instead the longer route. And to the human eye, it was the less sensible pathway. And sometimes as you're looking through your life and you're seeing, man, what is God doing? He knew their limitations and he took that into account into his guidance. And folks, I want to remind you, God knows your limitations and he is taking that into account into the guidance for your life. The situations that you're in, God is not absent. God is not distant. God is not far. While God has a reason for leading them as he did, I want you to notice that he did not explain that reason. He didn't come to the children of Israel and say, Now, we are not going to go by route of the Philistines. Notice here, verse 17 does not say, If you face war, you might change your minds and return to Egypt. He's talking in third person. He says, lest the people. He's talking to Moses here. Moses is the greatest leader ever to live. Moses had to take two million people that had a bunch of goats and chickens and all this stuff, and they're going to take this and go through the desert for the next 40 years? And he has this discussion with God, and God says, you're not going by the route. You're not going by the Philistines. Lest the people see the enemy and change their minds... And Moses, you'll have half them going back home. And I'm not going to let that happen. There is no indication that the people were told this. And folks, seldom does God ever tell us his ways. It's very seldom that you'll know that this is exactly what's going on and why it's going on. I read a story one time about a lady that jumped in her car and was going home. It was late at night. She's driving and all of a sudden, there's a, a truck that starts to follow her, and she seems like the truck had been following her, uh, you know, shortly after she got in the car. And this big truck comes up on her with the high beams and, you know, just riding her tailgate, and she begins to get nervous. And as she's riding and she's driving, and man, she's just like going, she speeds up, she slows down, speeds up, slows down. The truck sped up, slowed down, sped up, stayed right on her tailgate. So she gets off the exit, makes a few turns, tries to shake them, and this big truck keeps following her. And then finally she pulls into a gas station, and she runs out of the car screaming and asking for help. And the man who was in the truck jumps out of the truck, and immediately he goes up to the car, and he opens up the back door of the car, and he pulls out this man that he could see from his point of view. 
who was ready to take this woman down, possibly rape her, even kill her. And so he was on this. He saw a situation of harm that the lady couldn't see. All that the lady could see was that this truck was following me. This truck has given me problems. In the meantime, the greatest danger was in her car already. You see, sometimes God is like that with us. Sometimes there's things that you just can't see. And I want to remind you, you can't see everything. You, you, you can't see hardly anything, to be honest. You can only see one dimension. God sees all the dimensions. He sees everything. that He sees the, uh, what you could even impossibly imagine he sees. That's the way God is. Well, what's, what that lady perceived as a threat was really an act of kindness. And this is what God is doing. You know, when God takes us into those places, sometimes we get a little cynical and we begin to say, God, why me? God, do you really love me? And, you know, I think that that's a, an, an honest question. Why me? I think sometimes when we get that cynical and, and we know that God loves us, but yet our feelings and our emotions don't quite fall along because, man, I'm dealing with this pain of pain. I'm dealing with, okay, this, this is not pleasant at all. Why am I up against the Red Sea in my life? Why am I at a place where there's nothing else that I can do? Why is this happening to me? I want to remind you that it's okay to ask that question, but you probably won't be satisfied with the answer. It's okay. It's not wrong to ask. It's even a very natural question. God himself on the cross, he quotes the scripture, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he cries out to the Father. But I want you to know that you'll be disappointed if you expect to get an answer to why me. It's natural to ask why me. It's natural because you're in pain, you're in agony. And we get to cry out to the Lord for everything that he takes us through and he allows us to go through. But remember, verse 18, but God led the people around the way of the wilderness. God took them on a whole different route. We must rest in assurance that God knows what he's doing and that God is in complete charge. He does all things well. That's what he does. Exodus 14, uh, going into the next chapter, Exodus 14, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Piathroth, between Migdal and the sea, in front of Baal Zephon, and you shall encamp facing it by the sea. So what he's doing is he's telling them, I want you to like change your course a little bit. We're going to move the camp. Now, you're moving two million people. This isn't something that you can pull off in a half hour, right? He says, I want you to move. Verse 3, for Pharaoh will say of the people, they are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. So if you look at the map, there's uh, kind of mountainous regions from what I can uh, understand from the map. You'll see this mountainous region coming along the sea, and it's kind of trapping them. And so he said, you know, uh, Pharaoh is going to look and say, see, they don't know what they're doing. They're just kind of wandering around out there. Verse 4, God says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all of his hosts, and the Egyptians shall make known that I am the Lord. And they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people. So here goes Pharaoh again. Fickle Pharaoh. He likes to change his mind all the time, doesn't he? And he says, what is this that we have done, that we shall let Israel go from serving us? 
So he made ready his chariots and he took his army with him and he took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with the officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them all, and Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army overtook the encampment of the sea. Verse 10, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. Folks, this is normal when things are getting rough out there. You are going to fear. I don't know any Christian who's never not been afraid. And I love what happened here. It says, they feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. Folks, this is where you go when you have fear. You cry out to the Lord. We come right to the Lord. The people of Israel, they feared greatly, and they cried out to the Lord. Verse 11, they said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Man, could you imagine this? God just done this great miracle. 400 years of slavery has ended, and now they're in the wilderness, and what do they do? They start to complain. I was complaining a little bit this morning. I was talking with a few people. We were talking about the weather. Wasn't Monday just a joyous day in Pittsburgh? Like all sports outside were canceled. I was supposed to go to a bunch of high school games, watch Hunter play ball, right? Man, everything was canceled. I was like, ah. Listen, this is much bigger than the weather. This is like God was moving. And they're saying, what have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is it not what we have said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Could you imagine what's going on in Moses' head? Moses is like, God, you let me lead these people. Why? They're a bunch of complainers. And any time you have a group of people, they'll be complaining. That's part of life. And he says, Moses says to the people, fear not and stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. Now, that's a great leader, isn't it? Fear not. Stand firm. See God's work. See the salvation of the Lord. And by the way, you're never going to see them Egyptians again. Ooh, that's my kind of leader. You, we're going to wipe them out. Uh, and then they're just looking at him saying, yeah, Moses, you see the sea in front of us, right? The Lord will fight for you. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Folks, that's point number two in your notes today. God will take us to a place where he will fight for us. Would you read that with me? God will lead us to a place where he will fight for us. Do you realize that the greatest person who can conquer all your problems is not you? It is God. So therefore, why would God just let you simply go to something that you could handle? You see, these people had to see God act. They were, they were now looking at this, at this camp, and they had to see God act. And what happened was God had already acted. They're, they're thinking it's bad news. 
Pharaoh's changed his mind. We can see the chariots. We can see them a few mountains away. He's on the way. We're going to die. Moses, what are you doing? What are you thinking, Moses? And God has led them already because in verse 18 of the chapter before, but God led the people not by the Philistines. He led them around the wilderness by the Red Sea. Pharaoh thought he was going to have victory. Pharaoh thought he was setting the stage. He was the king of Egypt and he's setting the stage. And he thought it was going to be a dramatic moment of victory. But let me tell you, kings don't set the stage. God sets the stage. And God was about to set the stage. And the moment would be a moment of victory for Israel, not for Egypt. You see, they could not, this nation could not function as God wanted them to function as a slave nation. Folks, you and I were once slaves to sin. We cannot function as slaves to sin and do what God wants us to do. That's why Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin. He was buried and he rose again so that you can have eternal life and that you are no longer a slave to sin. Do you see the picture of God's work all the way from the Exodus all the way to 2023? We're no longer slaves. Amen? Man, I'm thankful that I'm not a slave to sin. I'm not saying that I don't sin. I'm saying that I'm not a slave to it anymore. I'm saying that that will no longer hold us. I'm not a slave to the, to the power of sin. I'm not a, sa- a slave to the punishment of sin. And one day we will no longer be slaves to the presence of sin. When we're in the face of heaven, when we're with the Lord God Almighty, there'll be no more crying, no more tears, no more sorrow. It's going to be joyous. But right now we're up against the Red Sea, and maybe you're up against the Red Sea in your life. Look at these verses here. I'm just going to read these, the, the, the next passage here. This is Exodus 14, beginning in verse 15. I'm just going to re, re, uh, quickly read through so that you can catch what happens here. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry land. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get the glory over Pharaoh and all of his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and horsemen. The angel of of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from be, from before them and stood behind them. So the Lord goes before you and the Lord goes behind you. Coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. Coming between the enemy and the people of God. And there was the cloud and the darkness and it lit up the night without one coming near another all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove back by, and, the, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground and the waters being a wall to them to the right and to their left. And then the scripture goes on. It says that the Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his horsemen. And then the morning watch, the Lord and the pillar of fire and the cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces. He threw Egyptian forces into a panic. 
And man, as he throws them into a panic, they're clogged. Verse 25, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them and against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon the horsemen. And the scripture goes to continue and tell us that this is what God did. As Moses put up that staff again, the sea comes back and it swallows up the enemy. I have a video clip here. I'm going to show this to you. This video clip here is from 1956, The Ten Commandments. Anybody ever seen that movie? This is the colorized version of it. When I was a kid, it was only black and white. And I'm colorblind. I can tell this got a little help. All right? So I want you to watch this because it's just so powerful to think of the miracle that God did here. Go ahead and roll. Your we must go with all speed. Go where? To drown in the sea? How long will the fire hold Pharaoh back? We'll hold After this day, you shall see his chariots no more. No! You'll be dead under them. No. The Lord of hosts will do battle for us. Behold his mighty hand. before them, and he bars our way with fire. Let us go from this place. Men cannot fight against a god. Better to die in battle with a god than live in shame. Praise God and down into it!
Folks, but God moments will always glorify God. Could you imagine being walking through that sea? Could you just imagine? I love when the old man on there goes, the God's nostrils breathed and the seas parted, you know? That's my favorite part. I'm like, that's going to be me when I'm an old dude, you know? Look what God did, you know? I just love it. And listen, they walked through, and this was no simple thing, folks. This was no simple thing. I I was reading that uh, in September 2010, a team from the National Center for Atmospheric Research determined that the Red Sea crossing could have been accomplished by a natural phenomenon known as a wind setdown. They demonstrated how under the right circumstances, a 63-mile-an-hour wind blowing for 12 hours could push a small body of water aside so that the people could cross on dry land. Thus, they concluded that the Red Sea crossing could have been achieved by natural circumstances. However, God's a little bit more dramatic, isn't he? He says there was a wall of water to the left. And a wall of water to the right. And we know that God, he has all the forces at his command. So how he did it, I have no clue. But I'll tell you what, that is still celebrated to this day in Jewish families. And we should still celebrate it because it was the salvation of the people. Check this out. Verse 30. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of Egypt. That was the greatest miracle Oh, the, the, the water parting was cool, but God got a hold of the people. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Verse 31, Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord. This is the miracle. The people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. But God moments will always glorify God. And folks, as we, we wrap up this morning, I, wanna, I just want to remind you, there's some places in your life, you're between the Red Sea and the enemy. You've got the enemy coming this direction, you've got the Red Sea, and you feel like it's a trap, you feel like there's no place you can go. Let me tell you, the Lord God is with you. If he'll do it for a nation of Israel, he could take two million people through a, through a sea, he can take you through the sea that you're facing. That's why we go study the scripture, because we see how faithful God is and how faithful God will be. But God experiences, this is the last thought here this morning, but God experiences bring us to singing and praise. That's what happens. Afterwards, we are singing and we are praising. But when you're going through it and you didn't know, like, God, why didn't we go the easy route? Why did you take us by the sea? Because they would have one of the greatest phenomenon miracles of all of human history. To me, that's one of the greatest next to the cross. Jesus rising from the dead is the number one greatest. Uh, Parting the Red Sea is fascinating. Go home and watch the whole movie, right? But let me tell you, it is fascinating. Whenever Moses came out in Exodus chapter 15... Moses then led the people and sang. Exodus 15:1. Moses and the people, the Lord sang the song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for He has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has been thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise Him. 
Man, you know, there's, a, there's another, uh, uh, continuing on in that chapter, just the Song of Moses. They sing the song, and it's, it's about 20 verses long, and then uh, 19 verses long. Then you'll see, you go in, and it talks about this lady named Miriam. And Miriam, she was, she was in charge of music, man. She had the tambourines, it says. And she cut the tambourines out, and Marion, uh, it says that Marion took the women. All the women went out with the tambourines and dancing. You don't dance for something simple, right? When you're dancing, you're dancing, man. It's exciting. There's great joy when you're dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. And folks, this is... The Christian life. You know, the, uh, the children of Israel would go on, and the next thing they'd be crying for food. And they would go through this cycle of watching God give, and then they would cry. God gives, and then they would cry. They would celebrate the victory God gives, they would praise, and then they would cry. And folks, I kind of think our life's a little bit like that. But let me tell you, there's a day that singing will come, and it will last forever. You go into Revelation 15. God gives the, the John, he gives him this vision of what eternity will be like. And in John, I'm sorry, in Revelation 15:3, it says, uh, in the verses leading up to it, it says that the church, we the church, are standing at the sea. Not the Red Sea, but the Crystal Sea. The Glassy Sea. And we, look what it says here. It says, and they sang, that's going to be us, the song of Moses. We're going to sing Exodus 15. Great is the Lord, great and amazing, and the servant of God. The Mo- Moses, we're going to sing that song. We're going to sing the song of the Lamb. The Lamb who was slain for our sins because victory will be final in that day. And he says, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. And this will be our song. And so, folks, I want to encourage you to come now and to begin to sing because one day we're going to be singing it forever. Oh, you're up against the Red Sea right now. Some of you are dealing with some things that are just mind-blowing, and you would admit it yourself and say, I have asked God why, and God isn't going to give that answer on this side. But you know that he got you through the Red Sea the last time, and you know that he's taken your places. Let's respond to him today. Let's close in prayer today with our heads bowed and eyes closed. You know, God sometimes leads us into hardships simply because He loves you and He knows what's best for you. Sometimes it's to strengthen you. And sometimes it's so that you can learn in the storm. I want to give you Jesus this morning. Jesus is why we're here. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin and that victory is attained for you because of what Jesus did on the cross. And all you have to do is open your heart and, and trust Him. That's the beginning. So if that's you this morning and you, today's your day, like God's moving in your heart, I, I want to encourage you, would you just call upon the Lord and say, God, I, I come before you today. I, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, you died on the cross, you paid for my sin, and you rose again. 
And I trust you with my heart and soul. And I thank you for the victory that you're giving me today. And for others this morning, maybe, maybe in your life you have been just really struggling. And it's okay. The children of Israel struggled, but God still loved them. They murmured and complained, but He had grace and He had everlasting love for them. And I want to encourage you to come and move from the murmuring and complaining to singing and praising God for who He is and that He already has the plan before you could even think of the enemy, before you could even see the situation. God's been leading you, and maybe it was years ago, God has done something in your life, but God led His people. God, thank You for what You're doing. I pray You'll move in our lives. Move mighty, Lord. Thank you for several in this room that no doubt opened their heart to Jesus today and made this personal relationship with you at beginning today. God, move in a way that you'll get the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together as we sing our closing song and let's praise our great God as we sing and bless his name.
be with us today. Greet those around you as you leave. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you all next Sunday. Have a good one.